welcome back to another episode of Leaders in Conversation with Noma Zibulo Changa. Today, I'll be talking you through how I climbed the corporate ladder, which are some of the lessons that our guests will be tackling and talking about once we get to invite them. So I hope that um, this episode will be interesting, um, knowledge feeling for you so that you can take something out of it. So I will be talking to you about how I climbed the corporate ladder. As you may have heard in the previous episode, where I mentioned that I started as an HR graduate at Coca-Cola, and my last position was that of an HR director at Bidvest Steiner. So a lot of people have been asking me, how did I make it? How did I climb the corporate ladder? What are the challenges that I had experienced? What are the successes that I have encountered um, during my time in corporate? And this episode is about unpacking how I did it. And I hope that you can take some of the lesson and implement in your career so that your journey can be easier than how I walked my journey. So I started working in in 2006 as an HR graduate employed by Coca-Cola with the mentality that I have just graduated with a degree in human resources. Little did I know that when I get to corporate, it's going to be totally different than what I had experienced and then, than what I have learned um, in varsity when it comes to theory. Because we have a perception, and I guess we did not have the mentors, the coaches, the sponsors um, to support us and guide us and really tell us the realities of corporate South Africa. So when I got to corporate, my immediate thing was that within two years, I'm going to be an HR manager. Within three years um, or four years, and then I was going to jump to become an HR executive. It actually took me about 11 years to become an HR director. How did that happen? Did it mean that I was slow? Did it mean that I did not um, have ambition enough? I did not have the drive enough, etc. And I can safely tell you that it really didn't mean so. Because even during my time, I've got a lot of colleagues that I've worked with that are still stuck in positions um, that are of senior HR professionals and that have not reached an HR director or a C-suite level. So I'm going to unpack you how I did it. So what was important for me when I got into corporate, the first thing was associations and sponsors. It's important that um, one have or, you know, you, 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 sort of find yourself sponsors and coaches or mentors um, that are going to be assigned to you and that are going to help you navigate the corporate space better. I was fortunate to land in the hands of Pumeza Pepeta. She's since passed away about two years ago. May her soul rest in peace. She's the person that received me in corporate as my HR manager. I remember being frustrated and, and, and being angry at her to say to her, why am I doing administration work? This is not what I learned. You know, you must take me to the CMA. I need to be dealing with um, intense labor matters. I need to be dealing with people. I need to be dealing with um, you know, performance management um, systems, etc. But she really took me back to say that whatever it is that I've learned in corporate was a base of actually getting me in corporate. And she guided me to say that 
I must be grateful of the humble beginnings and the experience that I'm learning along the way. And it does not necessarily take um, the practical or rather the theoretical part in order for me to become um, a manager or to thrive in a corporate space. It takes a lot than just coming in in corporate with your degree. So that realization and um, I guess Today, I can say it was my aha moment to say that I need to start at the bottom. And if I can share you my journey of starting at the bottom, I started printing, um, you know, documents in the HR department. I started doing the bare minimum and the basic administration of human resources. I mean, I never used to even interact with the HR director at the time. The only person I would interact with was my direct report um, and my direct manager, who was Pumeza Pepeta at the time. So she really taught me values and appreciating the fact that it starts being small and I have to earn the experience. And um, my colleagues and um, my fellow, you know, employees in corporate needs to try me in order for me to climb the corporate ladder. So association is important. And I know a lot of people have been, um, had these questions around sponsorship, mentors, and um, as well as coaches. And I can safely say to you throughout my career journey in corporate of about 11 years, I've never really had a structured um, or a contract-based sponsor or a contract-based mentor or coach. All my sponsors and mentors came in a form of the relationship that I had formed in corporate. So my relationships and my sponsors were really not um, a structured format where there is a contract in place and I need to meet someone on a monthly basis. We need to talk about my weaknesses. We need to talk about what I do. But what I appreciated was the fact that they were my blind spot. So um, I'm not sure if all of you or most of you are familiar with jo the Johari window when it comes to self-awareness, where it talks about elements that you know and elements that you don't know, but your audience or the people that you interact with know. And then also there's elements still in the Johari window where it talks about elements that you don't know of yourself and that other people don't know of yourself. So it's very important to be open-minded when you go into corporate and you don't go with an idea that um, your qualification will get you promoted in fact, I've learned in corporate that um, your IQ gets you your foot at the door, but your EQ gets you promoted. But I'm going to unpack to you what does that mean in terms of practical sense of EQ getting you promoted. So another thing which um, is important um, when I climbed the corporate ladder was really to identify my values. Values are important. Like I've indicated in the previous episode where I spoke about the values that have shaped me. So those are the values that actually carried me in corporate. So identifying and living your values is important. This will eliminate a lot of a misalignment between your values and the, that of the corporate values. So it's important for you to really identify your values. What is it that you stand for? What is it that you live by? And what is the organization standing for? This will actually, um, you know, bring in a really seamless um, marriage between you and your employer, which we now call an employment relationship. So those values are important. And it does not necessarily mean that when you get to corporate, you have to bend down your values. So what is important is, just, is for you to strip down your worldview. So worldview is shaped by how you grew up, your background, 
how you react and how you show up with your emotions and um, how you are socialized. So those are the elements that you can strip down. But unfortunately, you cannot strip down your values. The values are your bark. You know, when you, as an example of a tree, a tree will have a bark and then will have, um, you know, um, the leaves, etc. So what you can strip down when you go to corporate in order for you to be open-minded and to receiving um, feedback and for you to be able to learn and be fluid when it comes to climbing the corporate ladder is for you to really take down the leaves but your bark remains the same and the bark is the thing that makes the tree um, stand firm on the ground and whether there are storms that are coming but it's not shaken so those are then your values so if you identify your values and if you live by your values you are not um you know persuaded um or when winds um you know comes in to uh, sway you left and right you are not easily swayed so those that th that is important and then also after identify your values you must know what is the value proposition your value proposition what is it that you bring to the table I often say that there are a lot of HR professionals in my example, but what is it that I bring to the table that's different from the other HR professional? What is it that I do that is outside what other HR professionals are doing? What is it that's unique that I'm putting on the table? What is it that's different that organization can pay me while I'm sleeping, but they can still pay me because they can realize the value? So that's important, defining your value proposition. And value proposition, we often take it for granted but value proposition is a thing that's going to carry you throughout in corporate because once you lose your value proposition and your, your your goals and visions of what it is that you want to achieve in corporate it's going to be very difficult to uh, for you to navigate um, the corporate ladder. And also there's a saying that I often say, when we talk about um, climbing the corporate ladder, um, climbing the corporate ladder is a metaphor in terms of the physical steps that we climb. And um, when you look at a ladder, you, you can see all the stairs. You can see that there's step one, step two, step three, step four. And all those steps are in an organic, flowing, orderly manner. But we often find ourselves wanting to jump a certain steps while we are climbing the corporate ladder. You are sitting at step one, but you want to see yourself as step five. There's nothing wrong in that because you, is, you, you aspire to be in step five. But we must not be ignorant of the fact that when we look at um, step the, the, the corporate ladder, it's in a step format, meaning there is no way that you'll be successful in step five if you have not gone through step three. So you have to organically be mindful that you need to go through the actual physical step of step one, step two, step three, step four. So that is what has worked for me. And um, an example of that is I moved from an HR graduate to an HR practitioner to an HR consultant to an HR manager to a senior HR manager up until to an HR director role. So it means in my career and in my path, there is no step that I mean I, 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 I left out in the corporate ladder or that I missed um, while I was climbing the corporate ladder. So those are the, some of the things which we need to be mindful for. It's impossible that you can just get into corporate today and tomorrow you are promoted to be an HR director. There's certain refining and certain fine-tuning that you need to do with yourself in terms of developing your own, um, you know, um, persona of how um, best you can add value within the corporate space.
so there are certain things and key things that I've discovered later on in my life, which I've I would love to share with you as my audience. The first one is learning to say no. I remember when I started in corporate, I took on everything. I took on everyone's job. I took on everything. That's a burden that you're putting on yourself. I'm not saying that you do not have to do the job that is important. But once you've identified your value proposition, you are able to align the projects. You are able to align the tasks. You are able to align the activities with which you are tasked with. And you are able to marry the two to, to, to ascertain whether they are taking you or they are propelling you towards the next step. So learning to say no is important. Otherwise, you are going to find yourself doing everyone else's job, but you are not really paid for the things and the responsibilities that you take on board. And also what's important, which I'd love to mention, that no is a full sentence. No has a full stop. So if you do not understand how to say no, it's something that you have to learn because no does is not followed by no, but I have to. No, but this is a reason. No is a no and you know your reason why you're saying no because it's not aligned to your value proposition and it's not aligned to the goals that you've set yourself in order to climb the corporate ladder. Another thing which is important is understanding your manager's role and understanding their manager's role. Once you understand those two roles, you are able to plug in your role and responsibilities in terms of making their jobs easy. Imagine you have a boss that can sleep at night because you're making their jobs easy. Your, jo your, your manager does not have to overlook at your work, does not have to reread your reports that you submit, does not have to spell check the reports that you submit. So those are the things that you have to learn very early on that once I understand what is my manager's role, what is their manager's role, you are able then to plug yourself in in order to, in order to help them um, achieve their role better. And let's be honest, credit needs to be given to your manager. I know sometimes it can be very discouraging when you've done their job or when you've helped them do their job better, but you don't get the credit. Like I always say, there's a space and time for everything. And at that point in time, you're trying to make their job easy. Once you start to make their job easy, they start becoming reliable. You start being a reliable source to them. So they can rely on you. They can trust you to fulfill the job. And even if they are not available, they can trust you to still do and continue to fulfill their responsibilities. This also helps with um, gaining a new skill because once you understand your manager's role, you are able to tap in into the soft skills. Because like I said, when you move and go into an organization and a corporate coming from varsity, you only coming in with your technical skills. But in order to get you promoted, you need to fine tune and develop some element of soft skills. So once you tap into their role, um, your manager's role and their manager's role, you are able to tap in into the soft skills that may help you to propel as you climb up the corporate ladder. And now I want to get to some of the mistakes that I have made and some of the mistakes that I have observed people making in corporate while trying to climb the corporate ladder. Um, the One of the mistakes is um, often people are having a focus only on performance and productivity. And, um, you know, they are not 
um, having a focus on building relationships and other important soft skills. And like I've mentioned earlier that when you come out of university, you come out with the technical skills and the technical abilities to actually do the work. But that does not necessitate, necessitate that you will be, you know, um, given a, an opportunity for you to occupy a leadership position. There's certain things that you need to acquire. And I'm not saying that our productivity and performance is not important. However, what is important is that you take productivity and performance, but you need to ensure that you also give it attention and become intentional about developing your soft skills. So that is one of the important things. And the soft skills that I'm talking about when you want to climb the corporate ladder is open communication. Communication skills is key and critical. Also, the problem-solving skills um, and the cultural intelligence. I want to spend some time explaining to you and talking to you about cultural intelligence. So, cultural intelligence is important in a sense that each and every organization has a set of culture and a set of values that they adhere to. But if you are not in tune or if you are not in understanding of what that cultural um, um, intelligence means, it means having the ability to navigate through any culture that is imposed to you in the in, in the corporate space. So if you are not in tune with um, the cultural differences and, and the type of cultures that organizations have, organizations have, it will be very difficult for you to really climb up the corporate ladder. So I'd like to emphasize that cultural intelligence becomes critical, especially when we talk about inclusive leadership, which is something we are going to unpack and talk about in the next episode of the Leaders in Conversation. The second thing is um, I've often seen that most people place too much emphasis on confidence, but less on business acumen. And this often um, happens a lot when it comes to women because women are known to be, um, um, you know, doing jobs that are inferior, meaning administrative jobs. And uh, because of the fact that women were known um, to have roles like taking care of the kids, taking care of the family, etc., but not doing hard labor. So when they get to corporate, and they need to present themselves and they project themselves, all those societal norms and ways of doing things come out. They project themselves as that. And that's why we often hear a lot of people talking to women and saying to women that when you get into corporate, you must have, conf you must have confidence. And I don't really dispute that. But I'm saying to you, over and above confidence, what is important is business acumen. And I can tell you, most men, um, when they get into the boardroom, they already have the business acumen. So telling women to have confidence only is really a recipe for disaster. What is important is have confidence, but over and above that confidence, ensure that you build your business acumen. Business acumen um, um, is important because it really teaches you about understanding the strategy of the organization that you are working in, the structure of that organization, the culture of that organization. It also talks to you about um, who sits in the structure of the organization, who are the decision 
decision makers of that organization and how can I leverage from those, um, my skills from those um, who sits in a certain level or in a certain structure within an organization. So having that business acumen and understanding how to run a business in its entirety. I know I'm talking from a background of being an HR professional and um, more often than not, HR professionals are very scared of numbers, but I had to tap into the un the uncomfortable zone. I had to tap into the um, uncomfortable position of trying to get to understand what do the numbers mean in organization? So what does the balance sheet tells us? What does the income statement tells us? And most of the time we work in organization where they are public organization, an organization where they have this information that's sitting on their website that is freely available in terms of the annual performance reporting where you do find the balance sheet and the annual um, statement. So the ability to read those statements, the ability to interpret those statements and the ability to understand those statements is very important because that gives you an ability to be able to ascertain and to position yourself in terms of what value you can add um, depending on the direction of the organization. As an example, if the organization's direction is to grow in revenue, your question should be as an employee, what is it that I can do to actually plug in myself and to put myself in a position where I can assist the organization in order to achieve its objective of increasing the revenue by a certain percentage? Or what is it that I can do to start cost saving within my department in order for the organization to realize its objective of actually reaching a certain percentage of the revenue? So those things are important. Um, another thing is um, understanding technical skills versus business skills, which is what I spoke about. Technical skills is more aligned to your IQ and then your soft business skills is more aligned to your EQ and I've already um, alluded to. Another mistake that people do make is that we often wait for the title to be given to us before assuming a leadership role. And I want to challenge my audience today to say that you do not have to wait for a title in order for you to assume a leadership role. You can be a leader, whether you are sitting in a specialist role, whether you're sitting in a consultant role, whether you are sitting in a technical role. Um, you don't have to be given the title. There's a book that I once read that says, um, um, the leader without a title. So I believe that the leaders that don't have title titles are actually the best leaders that you can find in corporate because they are not defined by a position. They are not defined by a territory. They are not defined by the people that reports to them. So for them, what's important is what value am I adding and how much is the organization willing to pay for the value that I'm adding? The last thing which I want to give to you is understanding the career ladder. And in organization, there's something that is called now a dual ladder. So a ladder is no longer, or rather a career ladder, is no longer a situation whereby you move from an HR um, you know, manager to a senior HR manager to an HR director. That's a very um, you know, structured and a very um, normal career progression and that we are often used to. But now there's something that's called a dual ladder in organization and a dual ladder it talks about the technical like the technical aspect of um, charting your um, your career uh, progression where we talk about someone who does not have the soft skills but they're very brilliant and excellent in executing their technical abilities they can apply their technical knowledge and they do add value within the tech 
physical space within the organization. It does not necessarily mean that when you are in an organization, the only way for you to progress is through a, um, you know, a, a climbing of a ladder, but you can climb the ladder, um, uh, you know, horizontally where you can move from a technical position to a senior technical position as long as you still add the value within the organization. And the organizations have um, adapted to the dual ladder uh, dispositioning where, um, you know, they have an understanding of what does that mean? And they even compensate people that are actually moving horizontally from one level to another, but still in a technical position where they are not required to report to people. So a career ladder is not um, only um, uh, vertical. You can also find um, that, which is what we call a dual ladder, which is vertical and the other one is horizontal. So there's others that are meant to grow within their careers um, vertically where they can move one step up, but there are others that are meant to grow horizontally where they, can, they are still moving when it comes to their technical abilities, to their experience, and the compensation of the salary is also moving, but not necessarily having the soft skills or giving people to report to them. So having an understanding, where do you fall in when it comes to those two types of ladders? Do you fall in into a vertical um, career ladder or do you fall in into a horizontal um, ladder? The vertical ladder requires you to have certain soft skills. And then the horizontal ladder is required, is you are required to fine tune your technical um, abilities in order for you to add increasing value with your technical um, skills that you have. And thank you for watching. Until we see each other again in the next episode of Leaders in Conversation with Noma Zimuro Changa. In the next episode, we'll, we will be discussing leaders' self-awareness. So self-awareness in leadership. And I'm looking forward to, um, you know, get into the details and unpacking that topic for you. Until next time, thank you so much. Thank you.